This is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update Podcast. This is part of an ongoing series featuring critical insights from the physicians and healthcare professionals on the front lines of the pandemic. Hello, this is the American Medical Association's COVID-19 Update. Today, we're joined by Todd Askew, AMA Senior Vice President of Advocacy in Washington, D.C., who'll give us an update on AMA's latest advocacy efforts. I'm Todd Unger, AMA's Chief Experience Officer in Chicago. Uh, Mr. Askew, I wanted to spend some time first on Medicare payment cuts and what this will mean to physicians. Uh, you know, to provide some context, how is COVID-19 financially impacted many physician practices. It's not been good. So you're absolutely right, Todd. Thanks for that. Um, uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has been absolutely devastating for uh, many healthcare practices uh, with folks avoiding uh, elective procedures and, and, and preventive care in large measures, especially early, early in the pandemic. Uh, AMA's analyzed Medicare claims uh, to kind of get a feel for the type of impact. And we found that physician uh, that spending on physician services uh, in April of 2020 was down as much as 57%. Uh, and this is just, you know, obviously in Medicare. Uh, we saw E&M visits, uh, spending on those dropped by almost 50%. Uh, spending on imaging procedures and tests fell between 65 and 70%. And so during that first half of the year, uh, beginning really in March and, and really peaking uh, at a bottom down in April, uh, the the cuts were the cuts were tremendous. Um, nine and a half billion dollars just in just in the first half of the uh, a year on Medicare alone, and you know you'd have to assume similar trends for other type of payers. And so, and you, uh, do you see that kind of continuing? Past? Well, it's, we've seen a slow recovery. Basically, mm -hmm. since the bottom in April, uh, we've seen a slow creep back up as people have begun to get the necessary care. To, to re-engage with their providers as people have become more comfortable in how to operate safely uh, in a COVID environment. And so while that is, that is uh, there's recovery going on and we're approaching back levels where it should be, uh, that deficit is not coming back. And there were obviously federal programs to help keep a lot of practices afloat. Uh, it wasn't enough for some practices, unfortunately, uh, but that is just a hole that has been created. And some of it will be made up as patients return and get the colonoscopies and the mammograms, the other procedures and tests that they put off, but a lot of that care is just going to be foregone and and will never and will never make up for it. So it's a tremendous hole that 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 we need to uh, recognize and continue to do what we can do to support physician practices um, uh, uh, trying to deal with that deficit. Well, can you uh, talk a little bit about the sequester cut and what that means? Sure. So we're dealing with a couple, but I think the one that's most relevant to us today is the 2% cut that's scheduled to go into effect on April the 1st, uh, just a couple days away. Now, sequester actually began uh, back in 2011 uh, when Congress passed the Budget Control Act and they tasked this so-called super committee uh, with uh, coming up with a plan to reduce federal spending by $1.2 trillion dollars. And kind of as a stick, in case they didn't achieve this, uh, they would have to face a sequester, and which is basically an across-the-board uh, cuts in mandatory spending. Now, Medicare was limited to 2% cut under that rule. Uh, but if they did not come to an agreement, uh, we were supposed to have scheduled cuts through 2022. Now, obviously, they didn't come to an agreement. 
the schedule cuts, which are supposed to be so draconian, went into effect, and Cong Congress scrambled uh, to stop them uh, from happening in future years. But they don't really make them go away. You notice it was supposed to end in 2022. Well, now it's supposed to end in 2031 because the way they fund stopping one year's cuts is to add cuts into the 10th year. And this not only, uh, that way they can offset the cost of stopping a cut this year, but a cut 10 years from now is worth more money than a cut today. So it creates additional resources, which they can then spend on other priorities. And so we've created this kind of addiction uh, to uh, preventing the cut one year at a time and spending that money on other priorities. And that's where we are today. Um, Congress prevented the cut in a stimulus bill at the end of last year, but only did it for three months. And so this moratorium on the sequester is going to expire on April 1. Obviously, there are efforts underway full bore in both chambers of Congress to stop that from happening. Um, hopefully, uh, we and we believe it will happen, um, that we can stop these before the April 1 deadline uh, and extend it at least through uh, the end of the year or the end of the uh, uh, public health emergency. Yes, because this, uh, I mean, based on what you've talked about already, this is a terrible time for that. And it's not uh, really a short-term thing. This is something that needs to be, you know, fundamentally rethought. And, you know, from what I understand, the passage of the American Rescue Plan Act has created an additional challenge. You know, can you talk about that? Sure. Unfortunately, deficit spending is the gift that keeps on giving in our current rules. Uh, there are statutory paygo requirements uh, in the law, uh, which mean that if Congress passes legislation that has deficit spending in it or increases the deficit or is not offset by other revenues, then you have to apply across the board sequestration there as well. So for Medicare, that's limited to 4%. Uh, for other sectors that are affected, uh, it, it is it, there is no limit. Uh, there are low-income programs are exempted and other programs, so Social Security, Medicaid, CHIP, SNAP, TANF, unemployment, these programs are exempted. So all the cost of sequestration is then visited upon other programs. Think student loan origination fees will go up. Uh, Medicare would be cut by 4% across the board each year. This is necessary. Uh, payments to farmers. So, I mean, there's a broad coalition of folks that are, uh, that are against this. Um, usually, when PAYGO is going to be uh, uh, triggered in a bill, Congress will just waive it. They make up their own rules and they'll just say, well, never mind, we're not going to count this particular spending against determining whether or not we need sequestration. But because of the partisan way in which the American Rescue Plan was, was done through reconciliation with very tight rules and really no wiggle room to lose a single vote on the Democratic side, they were not or chose not to at this time to waive PAYGO. And so though that estimated 4% cut in Medicare and other cuts you know, in a lot of other sectors would go into effect in 2022. Now, there is a lot of sentiment uh, that that is not going to happen, but Congress being Congress, it's not until they're really on the precipice of a crisis mm -hmm. are they able to build the momentum and the will to take action. And so it looks like this is probably going to be put off. So, of course, the onus then falls to uh, to folks like you and the American Medical Association to help uh, fight the uh, fight these cuts. Can you talk about what the AMA is doing right now to prevent that? 
Sure, and, and it falls to all of us, and uh, that mm -hmm. includes uh, physicians uh, and through our grassroots network, and we just sent out an alert in the last couple of days to let people know what's going on. Uh, there have been several bills introduced to waive the 2% cut, uh, as well as a bill that just passed the House in the last week that would not only waive the 2% cut till the end of the year, but would eliminate the sequester requirement for the 4% cut. Now, that bill passed the House. Uh, there were 20 or 30 uh, Republicans that voted for it, but there was just not the support for it in the Senate. And so over the last few days, there have been behind the scene negotiations going on between leaders Schumer and McConnell on how to proceed. And we believe that they have come up with a solution that for now would suspend the 2% cut uh, through the end of the year, paid for with our old trick of adding on, you know, back in 2031, I think it's the next year they can they can add on to, uh, but that stops the 2% cut. And we hope that if nobody objects, that they will be able to proceed with that this week um, before they go on recess. Now the House is already, it's not going to have time to act on it, but uh, we are pretty confident that when the House comes back from recess, uh, they will be able to act on it quickly and it will happen before Medicare starts processing April claims. And so, if all these pieces fall in place, we should see uh, the 2% wave till the end of the year with no immediate impact on Medicare claims uh, uh, that may occur uh, after April 1. Okay. You took care of the nation. It's time for the nation to take care of you. The AMA stood by America's physicians and patients during the pandemic, and we're not stopping there. We're fixing prior authorization, leading the charge on Medicare payment reform supporting telehealth, fighting scope creep, and reducing physician burnout. It's time to rebuild, and the AMA is ready. To learn more about the AMA Recovery Plan for America's Physicians, go to ama-assn.org slash time to rebuild. So, uh, you know, just back to the American Rescue Plan Act, uh, you know, we've talked about, you know, the negatives uh, with the, the sequester and the, and the cuts. There are a lot of benefits built into the, the American Rescue Plan Act. Uh, can you talk about what those are? Sure. Well, it's a huge piece of legislation. I believe it was $1.9 trillion uh, aimed at stimulating a broad sector of the economy, shoring up uh, pieces of the economy and other priorities that have not received a lot of attention or support recently. And a lot of that includes a public health workforce, additional resources to provide, uh, you know, to combat COVID economic relief for a lot of folks that are vulnerable, uh, stimulus payments for people that can hopefully inject that money into the economy and help continue uh, the economic recovery. Um, so uh, there's a lot in there for physicians, specifically, specifically for uh, providers, but I think the best way to look at one of the biggest benefits for, for providers, for physicians, um, is not just, you know, there's a little more provider relief funding, but it is efforts that are taken to keep their patients insured and to make sure that some of their patients who don't have insurance now are able to get it. And so we have reopened, obviously, uh, President Biden reopened enrollment in the ACA. Uh, the American Rescue Plan uh, helps get rid of the 400% cap temporarily on subsidies that make uh, those plans more affordable. Uh, it increases subsidization of those plans for a temporary period to help people afford them, for people who have lost their jobs and therefore their health insurance, 
They provide six months of subsidies so they can afford COBRA coverage uh, to keep their coverage from their previous employer. Uh, for states that have not uh, yet expanded Medicaid under the ACA, it provides incentives for those states to do that, to take care of that gap of patients who don't have access to Medicaid or ACA right now. Uh, and there's also a one-year option for, uh, or an option for states to expand uh, Medicaid for a year postpartum uh, to help us, uh, you know, begin to tackle uh, some of the tragedy that we see in our maternal mortality rates. And so there's a lot in there for patients, which I think flows through uh, to be good for uh, good for physicians. Uh, that is excellent news. And of course, uh, a lot of money in there for pandemic response, including vaccinations, uh, which will help us uh, hopefully accelerate uh, our move forward. Um, last question for you, uh, Mr. Askew, physician mental health, uh, obviously greatly impacted by the pandemic and really uh, uh, in the spotlight right now. Can you talk about recent advocacy efforts uh, supporting uh, this issue? Sure, uh, Todd, that's a great question and it's a critical issue. And we have seen probably more stress in this last year on the physician workforce and the other healthcare providers uh, than we have seen in, in and really anybody's anybody's memory uh what they've had faced what they've been called on to do uh you know that layered on top of the stresses that we're all feeling and that we're all dealing with in this in this environment and, and there have obviously been some tragic cases of physicians taking their own lives uh, substance abuse is up the stress is just off the charts and so one of the pieces of legislation that the ama has has strongly supported is the dr lorna breen a health provider protection act um, uh, Dr. Breen was a physician who unfortunately uh, took her took her own life after having, you know, been through some of the stresses that so many are going through. And so the, that the legislation uh, it was included in the American Rescue Plan or significant portions of it. And it'll provide funding for training and educational programs and other initiatives to promote mental and behavioral wellness of healthcare workers. And it's just a critical piece. Uh, this is not the end. This is just the beginning of the conversation and the work we have to do to kind of build in and support the resiliency of our healthcare workforce. Uh, and it is something that I think uh, has been brought to light, the vulnerabilities there and, and what we have faced in the, in the last year and is going to have to be a priority uh, for us and for policymakers uh, going forward if we're going to be able to be prepared uh, for um, events like this in the future. Well, thank you so much. Uh, you know, we had Dr. Breen's family on uh, many months ago, uh, and it's good to see uh, that that act was included uh, in uh, the latest round of funding. Uh, Mr. Askew, thanks so much for being here and outlining uh, the work that's going on on advocacy. It is, uh, it's a tremendous amount uh, that's been happening. We appreciate you and your team's efforts as well as all the physicians out there for standing with us. Thank you. Uh, that's it for today's COVID-19 update. We'll be back with another segment shortly. In the meantime, for resources on COVID-19, visit ama-assn.org slash COVID-19. Thanks for joining us, please take care. This content was originally published as part of the AMA's COVID-19 daily video updates. Find the latest at ama-assn.org slash COVID update. Subscribe to other great AMA podcasts available wherever you listen to yours or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. Thank you for listening.